Hello, hello, and welcome to another episode of the Let's Talk Marvel Fan Theories podcast. I'm Taylor. And I'm Katie, and we're two sisters and borderline obsessed Marvel fans who have been following the Marvel Cinematic Universe closely for years. And now we want to share our MCU discussions with you. We chat about our own predictions and theories, plus some of our favorites from online, and our reactions to all of the Marvel content that's considered MCU canon, including the Disney Plus shows and the movies, as well as the Marvel news you need to know. All right, guys. It's here. Spider-Man No Way Home Predictions episode is here, and we are going to break down all of the craziness and all of the discussion that has happened around this movie, which is probably the most highly anticipated Marvel movie ever. Bigger than Endgame, bigger than Infinity War, people are going nuts for this movie, and this is going to be a really big episode. Katie, why don't you kick it off and just start talking because I don't even know where to begin. <laughs> I mean, so you think I do? I really, I don't know, because I feel like this was one of those movies that people were like, oh, we need to see something like this. And then Marvel actually was like, all right, let's do it. And now, like, everyone is like, oh, my God, we're actually getting what we, ex- or theoretically, but I- I'm just going to put it out there. If I don't see three Spider-Men, I'm walking out. I will be shocked and horrified like I just think there have been so many like baby mistakes and like I don't know if you caught this on Twitter I'm sure you did but the soundtrack was leaked earlier this week and they had themes apparently I mean I didn't listen to it because I didn't want things spoiled and I'm sorry guys if there there are some spoilers probably in this not a ton not anything super because we've tried to avoid them ourselves yes but I did I was unable to avoid the news that in the soundtrack, apparently, the themes for all of the different Spider-Men were a part of it. Did you see that too? I did see about the tracks, yeah. So, and I mean, that seems too unofficial. I mean, we've all suspected for a long, long time, but I think we've there have seen been small like, little leaks. We've theoretically seen, like, possible leaked photos already so it's not even really I feel like fair I mean come on you can't muff a trailer as poorly as they muffed the trailer not in a bad way of course we love the trailer I mean bad it's just you can't remove a character and then have another like still have that character being punched by the removed character and expect people aren't gonna say anything and honestly even before that was a thing and to be fair the trailer literally had me and my roommate screaming like one of our friends who lives upstairs literally texted me and was like are you guys okay because we were screaming and i was like yeah the spider-man trailer just dropped like (laughs) we're good but not even the actual fact that the lizard was still being punched in the trail in one of the trailers the version that we saw in america that that was released in america you still can't have it that what that the lizard is very clearly going down, mm-hmm. that Electro is very clearly going up, but there's one Spider-Man in the middle. <laughs> like, yeah, it's like they're clearly going after specific targets that aren't Tom's Peter. Yeah, and so it's like we're not dumb. <laughs> like, yeah, I get like what we can kind of to put do. it together. Yeah. yeah. But I feel like, well, I feel like that's the most obvious thing that we're going to expect to see from Spider-Man No Way Home. But let's go into, honestly, I think the big fight scene that we've seen in the trailer is the biggest part and the biggest aspect. You mean the only scene we've seen, in, well, with the exception of the the scaffolding scene, the scene that everybody keeps joking is 90% of the movie, the bridge scene? Is that what oh, you're Oh, no, I was to? talking about the scaffolding scene. Oh, okay, okay. But 
Mainly because I think the best way to go about doing this type of predictions episode for a film so big is to genuinely pull apart the biggest aspects of it. So obviously, do we think that there's going to be three Spider-Men? Yes. Well, in a heartbeat. Now, a long time ago, I said I was hoping to see Spider-Gwen in it as well. I don't think they're going to do that. I genuinely think, and I've said this for a few months now, and Katie, you and I have done even, like, fan casting for it. Just mostly you, just, like, mostly appeasing me because I really am, like, hard in on this theory. But I really think that Miles Morales is going to be in this movie because everybody right now is focusing on the three Spider-Men, the three Spider-Men, and how amazing would it be if like we're all expecting this and like that's the expectation but marvel takes it like one step further and like nobody's real i don't say nobody's talking about miles being in it because there's definitely speculation but it's not nearly as big as like the toby and andrew speculation so like how amazing would it be if like marvel was like you expected three let me like take you up a notch and give you four my only i'm gonna play devil's advocate against you and this is kind of why i gave up the spider gwen theory as well is i think it would make the movie too busy to especially to be introducing miles as a live action character at the time my thought process is more that we'll see miles and spider gwen and now the second spider-man trilogy i think there will be both be characters that will come in in the college aspect of it and that's where you can actually introduce the characters i don't think this is like because keep in mind this is the mistake they kind of made with civil war they brought in black panther and spider-man as their first movies and they're just these random dudes hanging out there with our avengers like there was no depth to their characters so yeah i do i do totally hear what you're saying and i actually was having a conversation with someone on twitter about this and like bringing miles in and they had a really good idea of like bringing him in as an end credit scene okay that could yeah i could see something like that yeah because then it gives him time to breathe and like gives him his own moment but at the same time gives you the shock value of bringing miles in for the first time well i mean i would not be surprised if the multiverse is going to be the excuse of how we get Miles and, like, Spider-Gwen in the MCU. Because I think we're going to be seeing... I don't think seeing... it was an accident that they dropped the new Spider-Verse trailer this week. Like, that's not a coincidence. I think we're going to be seeing a lot of the effects of the multiverse from, for a while out. I mean, there's going to be more than just the, the people we're seeing come through. So I would not be surprised that that's a great way to kind of excuse how these characters now come into our timeline because you're not going to get people back if you don't know these people even came through from other timelines but I don't don't know I don't necessarily expect it in the movie I wouldn't I mean now that you bring up like an end credit scene I wouldn't that I wouldn't put it past them but I definitely they're not going to do it in the film when you have far too much already happening if they do put Miles in the film I think they're doing his character too dirty if I'm being honest, because he deserves a proper introduction, not to just be thrown in there just to be another Spider-Man. That's fair. That's fair. And I definitely think, I mean, Miles, obviously, people really love him. I think he's super interesting. I am excited to see him in live action. I have a couple of, I've really two front runners in my own head of who I want to play him. So I am definitely excited to see who they cast and, and who he, who takes on that character in live action. But I totally hear what you're saying about, you know, giving him his own moment. And that's why when someone brought up online the idea of doing the end credit, I was like, this is the perfect kind of middle because you can give him his own moment. But also, you know, you still get that whole, holy crap, like we have a four Spider-Man in this movie. 
Well, now that's been a big theory, and let's now move into... And uh, Okay, obviously the first big theory is, are there three Spider-Men? Uh, we're all assuming that's true. The second one has been, as Miles making an appearance. I'd say the third theory that everyone's been, like, I guess kind of arguing over is, are we seeing MJ die? Ooh. I think no. Yeah. I don't think they will because they wouldn't have teased... It. So... They knew what they were doing when they put that scene in the trailer. They knew what we were all going to think. And they knew exactly what scene we were all going to think of. Yeah. In terms of parallel. Meaning the Gwen Stacy death in the second Amazing Spider-Man movie. Of Andrew's movies. So they totally knew what we would think immediately. And that's why I don't think she's going to die. Because it's too obvious a conclusion to reach by putting that scene in the trailer. I agree with I don't think they're going to do it and this is gonna be hot take I don't want anyone to come after me for this but I wish they would and hear me out first off I'm not a big fan of the MJ and Peter like they're I don't really think that the cat which is ironic because Tom and Zendaya are literally like dating (laughs) but I just don't really see the chemistry of the two characters I also don't really like her version I mean like they've said she's not supposed to really be the Mary Jane technically she's not Mary Jane they've said that I mean I guess she's kind of like she's not Mary Jane Watson yeah thank you yeah but I just don't really she's kind of like average to me she's not really an interesting character I mean she was kind of like kind of that odd one out in the first movie and I liked her in that aspect and then all of a sudden like I felt that they were making her character I don't know it just didn't feel right in the second movie and then I just don't agree with it in the third moving forward from that I want them to make room for more characters to come in. And, I mean, obviously in Toby's we see him with his MJ, with Mary Jane. And then obviously with Andrew's we see Gwen. But I would really like to see, you know, one of the real characters and love interests. I mean, I would also think that'd be a really interesting way to bring in Spider-Gwen. Because they obviously did something that they could not ever come back from in The Amazing Spider-Man Man 2, where they kill off Gwen. Like, you can't come back from that. So I would like, maybe that's a great way he goes off to college, meets the new girl kind of thing. I, I love Zendaya, nothing against her. I just don't really love her character. Yeah, it's something that I've struggled with since the movie came out in, what, 2017? So it's been like four years, and it's something I've really had a hard time with. You know, I... I think because, and we've talked about this on many occasions, you and I grew up, Spider-Man was our guy. Oh, yeah. You know, we would faithfully watch that, like, late 90s, early 2000s animated show before school every day. Like, that was Heck the yeah, ritual. every day. So. With the chocolate chip pancakes. <laughs> yeah, and our grandma used to put us on the bus. Like, it was a whole thing, guys. A ritual every day. Yeah, it honestly got us so prepared for the day. I mean, set us up for success. But anyway... <laughs> You know, I think because of that, I think you and I have a special place in our heart, especially for Spider-Man and especially for storylines that are more in line with what we knew as kids. And so I think what I've struggled with for four years is I don't, it was hard for me because you know, at first it was like, well, is she Mary Jane Watson? So that's confusing. And then they confirmed that she wasn't. But then I was like, who's this random girl who like doesn't exist? And so I guess I want, I know they've tried to depart from some of the tropes that have been in the first two because obviously Tom is the third Spider-Man in 20 years. I get it. But at the same time, there's a part of me that wants them to begin moving him into the more classic Spider-Man storylines with the classic villains and the classic characters and like 
maybe that's closed-minded, but it's also who the character is. So I'm kind of like, would I be upset if she died, to your point, in order to make room for some of the more classic, like, Spider-Man characters and love interests that are more in line with what happens in the comics and, like, some of the shows that maybe we grew up with as kids? Like, I'm not going to be upset because that's some things that, as much as I love Tom and I think he's my favorite Spider-Man, it's it's missing. His trilogy is missing those things, those classic elements of Spider-Man. Well, and I struggle with that. That's a great point. And it's kind of interesting. I say it's a great point because, like, you're going off at my point. But, like, <laughs> your elaboration was, was a good me, point. So of course it's great. <laughs> yeah, but, I mean, your elaboration was also great on top of that. No, and I, I agree. And I also think, like, obviously we're going to eventually be seeing Eddie Brock come in. But mm-hmm. this Eddie Brock is a very different version. So that's already going to be a lot to wrap your head around. And we're the not, age difference. Yeah, and we're not going to see the... We're never going to see Tom don the real Venom black suit because it's going to be a long stretch if they do. And now, granted, if in five years he dons the Venom black suit and y'all are listening to this, call me out. I hope you eat your words, but I agree that the likelihood is low. Yeah, like, in all honesty, how are they going to explain it? Because unfortunately, Venom 2 was all about the whole idea of, like, Venom separating from Eddie, realizing he doesn't like anyone out there, and, like, they're not good apart, and then they come back together. So you've already made a movie establishing the two of them as one person, and so it's like, and that they really aren't great by themselves anymore. So I don't think we're going to see it that way. So that's already a big one that I think we're missing. I mean, they've already done Carnage, so we're not going to see them fight Carnage which is something that Venom and Spider-Man come together to do. Toxin's gonna come, whatever, that's down the road. And I don't want to get off t- too far off going into all of these what's down the road, but it's like, that's something we're gonna miss. I mean, even now we're seeing the Sinister Six, and some of these characters are now ones we're never going to see our version of Peter, as in Tom, the current one, ever one-on-one fight and ever have that storyline because we're seeing it now yeah like is he ever gonna fight doc ock or potentially even the green goblin which are two of his most iconic villains one-on-one probably not because they're not gonna want to repeat which honestly while i'm so excited for this movie like there's a part of me that's a little wistful and sad because like we're not gonna get to see that and tom's take on any of that right which is in some ways really disappointing well, and it's really hard for me because as you were talking about some things that you've struggled with with the Spider-Man up until now, something I've struggled with is why have they never just been Spider-Man? And that's been something that's really been hard on me because obviously the first two movies, we had Tony in it and it was a lot about Tony's mentorship of him. And I'm not saying that's a bad thing, but I mean, you're bringing Tony Stark into something. Obviously, it was going to be something. Tony you know, owns like, the spotlight in every room he's in. Exactly. And then, you know, the whole, the entire second one was about his legacy. And then now the third one, you're bringing Doctor Strange into it. And it'd be one thing if you're bringing Doctor Strange into it to at least explain, like, how the multiverse is somewhat opening, but, like, he's in it, in it. Like, he's he's in that final battle. You see that he's in that final battle. You see he's interacting with Peter, MJ, and Ned. Like, he's involved. So it's like, I want a Spider-Man, I mean, I'm hoping the next trilogy gets us there, that's not about other characters. Like, let's let's get Spider-Man. And so, I know this all came from what's going to happen to MJ, but the whole point being is, we want to see something more come from this. And, you know, Tom said this is going to be a dark moment, like, dark movie, it's going to really change the outcome of, the, or the, the future of Spider-Man, now that we have a confirmed new trilogy. I want that change. Yeah. I want to see him get into the nitty-gritty of, 
you know, he's not a kid anymore. You know, he's gone through things. And I mean, that scene where Ned and MJ are falling, I'll bet you he makes a choice. Yeah. And I and I'll bet you, depending on who that choice is. Now, something fans have pointed out, and I I also noticed it when I watched the trailer was, it is not Peter's suit that is the hand that goes to grab MJ. I'm betting you it's Andrew's. Oh. Because he's going to redeem himself for not saving his Gwen. Because people have pointed out the suit, the hand is different, and you could distinctively tell. There's like a gold piece on. On, sorry, you have, to, you have to use their regular names to be able to distinguish them. Uh, on Tom's suit, but on Andrew, it could be Andrew or Toby's. However, people are saying it would be more and make more sense for it to be Andrew's as to what happened with Gwen. But I, I do have one question there, though. And this goes to the heart of the movie, I think. The line that Doctor Strange says in the trailer and it's in every trailer because they're playing the same footage over and over cut differently because they're actually only showing us five minutes of the movie less they he says they all die fighting spider-man so i think what you and i have theorized is that they came out of their universe before their movie what we know as their movies toby's and andrews reached their conclusion yeah and I want to point out, you do say we, but I'm going to blatantly say that was me that first came up with that idea. Yes, and I um, agree. I just it think was. it's a good idea. <laughs> I, I'm sorry I was putting on a united front, Caitlin. Anyway. Well, I want credit where credit is due. <laughs> anyway, moving on. I guess my question then for that theory is, Gwen dies at the end of Spider, The Amazing Spider-Man 2, so is she actually dead yet? I've given actually great thought to this. I don't think she is. I genuinely don't think she is because the whole process, I mean, okay, although to be fair, I'm in the process of rewatching literally every Spider-Man movie off of YouTube. I'm renting them. And ironically, okay, so I'm going to just come right out and say it for what it is. Andrew was my favorite Spider-Man. Personally, I was a little too young to watch the Toby ones when they were coming out. I was just too on that young side. I do appreciate them. I love them. But Andrew's was the one, were more the ones that were like, coming out when I was at least old enough to cognitively, like, understand what was happening. So I do have a special love for them. And I don't fully remember what happened to the second Amazing Spider-Man. I'm going to call that out as the order of things. I do know he's fighting Harry's goblin when she falls. And I'm not sure if that's before or after Electro he's defeated. Yeah, it's been a long time since I've seen it. Also, my gut and what little bit I remember of it I really wish these were all on Disney Plus. Is that she dies pretty much right at the end of the movie? Yeah. And then, like, I think one of the last scenes then is like her, fu- like, he's grieving her, and then it's her funeral. Like, I don't think there's much left in the movie. Well, and then he does eventually come back out to fight Rhino. Yeah. Right. Yeah. But I don't think, like, I think that was the end of the climax, essentially, was her death. So. I believe similarly. I believe Jamie Foxx's Electro is already dead at this point. So then I would have to say then, to my knowledge, I think she's still alive. I really do. And is there a warped way to maybe figure out if that's a way to make your Spider-Gwen? Yes. But to what you point out, the theory I had thought of is the point of none of these guys are dead. So that just goes to show they haven't been defeated yet. Mm -hmm. So we're like, essentially, we have to look back at all five of the other Spider-Man movies and be like, okay, we know the ending, but that didn't happen yet. They don't know the ending. So we have to pretend it didn't. Which is crazy. Yeah. Yeah. 
Now, actually, as we're talking about the villains, I want to bring up, we see the villains morphing throughout the trailer into different things. Mm-hmm. Now, the, I'm not sure, and I, I would give credit if I for sure knew, I can't remember if I came up with this thought process or if I saw it somewhere, so I'm just going to throw it out there as possibly someone else brought came up with it or other people have had similar thoughts. I don't know. But the possibility that the longer that they're, that the villains are in this new timeline, they're morphing into what they would have been if they were the villains in that timeline. So, for example, we see Doc Ock at one point, it looks like nanotech going on his arms. And Electro I mean, we has obviously the arc reactor. The arc reactor, exactly. Which, obviously, especially Doc Ock, Doc Ock, we see him, he's, he seems to be one of the first ones that has an interaction with Peter, and then the goblin tends to, looks like he comes right after. And also looks like Doc Ock is kind of a semi-good guy, but we'll get into that confusing yeah we'll get into that in a second but at one point we obviously see his arms like morphing and at one point in the trailer we saw them as normal so it it kind of to me looks like we're cha- like they're almost acclimating themselves into the new timeline without even realizing like it's not even happening they're just like permanently becoming beings in that timeline so they're, they're evolving. like yeah because i mean think about this there wasn't a tony stark and toby or andrew spider-man right so that tech was not really available, but in this timeline, there was a, to- a Tony Stark. I almost said a Toby Stark. So now I got <laughs> all these names coming out of my mouth. And because there's that tech now, some of this stuff can now be more advanced because there's different type of tech. So I like that idea. I want to run with that idea because it seems viable. Yeah, no, I agree. Because I think to your point, you do see, I actually really like it, how they come out the way that we remember them, like that iconic, you know, Doc Ock look, the iconic Willem Dafoe, Green Goblin look. I mean, come on, so good, you know? Yeah. And then they kind of, it's almost the way, the same way the MCU has taken Sony stories and made them their own. They've taken their characters now and made them their own. So that's a cool little meta metaphor. Um, But yeah, I think that theory definitely holds water. The one thing I had a, I don't know if it was on my Instagram feed or if it was an Instagram ad because, you know, I click on a lot of Marvel stuff, so I got a lot of ads. But one thing that I keep wondering now, the more I trailers I get fed um, <laughs> across my different devices, is what is the box that Doctor Strange has? Because it looks, and I saw this 30-second spot today on social media, it looks at a certain point like... Strange and Peter, our Tom Peter, they are at odds with how to deal with the situation. You know, Strange is saying, you know, they all die at the hands of Spider-Man, like this is what has to happen. And Peter's like, well, I don't think they all have to die. Like that doesn't make sense. And so they're clearly at odds. And then you see them in one of the trailers or one of the ads or whatever it is fighting over this box and even when dr strange does the astral projection of peter yeah there's a box what is the box that's what i want to know i want to answer that but i want to go off and do a little bit of what you just said i think it's interesting because you said about how how peter is saying you know i don't know why they have to die and i think i want to point that out is i think it's actually something very interesting about tom's spider-man is i i don't think we've ever well, on purpose, seen him kill it. And he hasn't killed. Mysterio kind of did that to himself. He's also not dead. Well, yeah, that's a whole, but we'll get there. But, you know, there's that whole aspect. 
Well, I think we see a little bit more of the darkness in Andrew and Toby. Mm-hmm. It's a like a, a mature darkness almost, in a way. They seem older. Yeah, so I think it's very interesting that there's that little discrepancy where these guys do die at the hands of Spider-Man because to them, they don't, they don't necessarily try to help them, if that makes sense. Like, I mean, look how Tom, like, he purposely, he avoided killing Vulture. Yeah. I mean, even Mysterio, look at what Mysterio was doing, and he, he even then was like, He had a gun to his nah, head, man. and Peter didn't finish him. Yeah. Not that I'm saying he should have or should not have. No. But this is, like, this Peter, maybe it's young naivete, naivete or maybe it's just who, how, you know, how this Peter's written, how Tom chooses to play him, he's more empathetic to his villains than I think we've seen, whereas the other guys, it was a little more black and white, like, with the exception of, I think, Harry, because Harry, Harry Osborne always lives in that gray area, and, and to an extent, so does Norman, because of their relationship to Peter, but the other guys, you know, yes, there's a relationship, you know, here and there, but at the end of the day, they're viewed as villains, black and white. You know, they're bad guys, yeah. and I'm going to do whatever it takes to stop them, and, and oftentimes it results in their death. This Peter sees the gray area of all of his villains and chooses not to take their life or and to do what he can to stop them short of killing them. Right. Well, that's what I mean, and so that's why I think it's an interesting take when you really take a step back, is that's his biggest difference between obviously, him and the other two Spider-Man we've seen. On top of that, though, to kind of go across what you were saying with the box, I have no clue what the box is. Although something I've kind of been thinking about is whether Strange himself put the box on or if Peter did. And whether Peter's actually inadvertently, or maybe purposely, stopping something by having the box on his hand. I don't think it's on his hand. It's It's being held. And then he takes Oh, it the, looks like it's on his hand. No, he takes the web and takes it from Strange. I don't think it's on his... It's just a box. Oh, I thought he had it, like, around his hand. No, I wonder... I don't know. No, I don't think so. But I wonder if it's some kind of spell. Like, I, I would think it has to be something that Strange feels can close the Well, multiverse. it's clearly magical. Yeah. But yeah. Let, I think we should take a step back. Because you and I had a really good conversation off mic a couple weeks ago where we tried to figure out this whole multiverse thing. I think we should take a step back and discuss that for a second because it's very clearly a large part of the plot here is what is their, excuse this word if it triggers anyone, but what is their end game when it comes to the multiverse? So Katie, why don't you take away kind of our theory for the multiverse as it relates to Wanda, Loki, and now No Way Home. Oh, wow, you're putting me on the spot. I mean, I'll, I'll <laughs> fill in the blanks, too. Don't worry. Well, essentially, what we first was... One of the, okay, let's let's do just the biggest takeaway, which is that there wasn't... Obviously, what we've learned from Loki, there wasn't a multiverse, technically, until it was opened, theoretically, by Wanda, Sylvie, and <laughs> Doctor Strange... All at the same time. Well, is that... That's not necessarily what we discussed. Well, but that's also not necessarily... Well, no, 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 I know. But we didn't discuss that aspect of it. That's just a big running theory that most people have had. I'm behind that train. That they're all opening the cracks of it at the same time. I think, though, that there's a nuance. So I think what we've kind of 
surmise in our own heads to wrap around it is the actual creation of the multiverse was done by a Loki Sylvie duo with some Wanda sprinkled in, right? Yeah. And that's the scene that you see at the what is it, the place beyond all time what after they kill Kang, yeah. essentially. That's that's what's going on. But I think what Kate and I talked about via some water bottles and pens on our kitchen counter a few weeks ago is that what Strange did did not necessarily create the multiverse because Wanda, Sylvie, and Loki had already created it. The other universes were already existing, but what his spell did when he tried to reverse Mysterio's exposing of Peter's identity was create gateways between the universes so that beings could go from their own timeline or universe to another timeline or universe. And that's how we got the characters from the previous Spider-Man. So Strange, in our in our theory at least, did not open it. He just connected it. Uh, well, um, this is unrelated, but not fully, but slightly unrelated. I think it also helps to slightly confirm that Strange didn't successfully do the spell to have people forget that Peter was Spider-Man. Yeah, because they tried to shut it down. In the middle. Yeah, which is a really important aspect to remember going into this film, for one. But yeah, so that's kind of our thoughts on how the multiverse is working. It's a little confuzzling because there hasn't been a very... I mean, they tried in Loki to explain to us what's going on, and I feel like they almost made it worse. I agree. Yeah, especially by trying to explain the variants. It just almost made things worse. And then, like, how the variants were pruned, but the variants were actually just becoming TVA members. And then, like, that was weird. I'm sorry, I have issues with Loki. I thought but also I because was tracking Loki- that part, and I was tracking their whole, like, screen with the the one main timeline and that there would be a branch and they had to do... Like, yeah. That made total sense to me. I was tracking with most of Kang's monologue explaining the multiverse and then he hit a certain point and my eyes glazed over and I have no clue. I just, it like went beyond what I'm capable of understanding. I agree. So it, it just like, I would say I had a really good understanding when they would show the chart and show how the variants happen. We're visual people. Yeah, and when they were like, oh, we, you know, get rid of the variants. And I was like, okay, cool. And then they were like, but actually, the variants now work for the TBA. And I was like, okay, wait. <laughs> so I feel like they started to lose me a little bit there. And I know, like, I think in our reactions episode to whatever episode that was, I think we even talk about how, like, that kind of made things a little more confusing. And then, you know, then it just went downhill, to, in my opinion, of trying to explain to me how the multiverse works. But regardless, we're getting five so far confirmed villains. Let's talk about the, you know, what we're sitting on. Who is number six? My money. I've changed my mind so many times about this. I can't even remember who I last tweeted was the sixth one because I think I've said, I've said one to you, a different one on Twitter. I don't even know. It changes daily. I think right now I'm sitting in Mysterio camp. I don't think it's Vulture because he's confirmed to be filming for something else related to the MCU. Keaton was on set doing something a couple weeks ago. So that to me says it's not Keaton. He's doing whatever he's doing. He's also in... Well, and he's in Morbius, right? Yeah, I was just going to say. He's also has a cameo in Morbius. So, you know, TBD on where Morbius falls on the timeline, but I just don't think it's Keaton's vulture. Who else have we seen? Uh, Matt Gorgon's Scorpion. 
I think they're going to do something bigger with him later. I think they're keeping him in their back pocket. He hasn't had a big enough presence, I think, in Tom's trilogy to justify him being the sixth member and, quite frankly, the only member of the Sinister Six that is from Tom's trilogy. Because if you think about it, five of them, five out of six, are not. So I think you have to bring in a heavyweight. And I think the biggest heavyweight that Tom has had has been Mysterio. So, I mean, that's who my money's on today, I guess. Well, here, here's my little thoughts. So when you look at the Sinister Six, there's obviously variations. It's almost no different than when we're looking at different versions of the Avengers. There's never one team. And actually, ironically, you know, the Avengers that we see in the MCU, I don't think are ever actually the complete team of Avengers in any of the comics. (laughs) I mean, they've been going on for 75 years, so at one point, maybe, but like not for a long run. I don't think there was ever, yeah, I don't think there was ever those exact six all at the exact same time, only those six. I I don't think that actually ever happened. Regardless, if we do want to go off some of the ideas, because like I said, the Avengers shift and so do the Sinister Six. Some of the big names that are always usually included... Goblin, Doc Ock, obviously we're seeing both of them. Electro is usually included. But to your point, Mysterio is usually in there. I wouldn't necessarily be surprised. And actually, my theory going with Mysterio is if he's included, how much of the villains that we're seeing in the trailer are an illusion? Don't even. I can't. I can't go there. I don't want to say that, but I'm gonna. So... If the, the, he's an option, of course. We, Rhino is also in and out. And to be fair, we did see Rhino at the end of The Amazing Spider-Man 2. While that's true, I struggle to think that not a single member of the Sinister Six is going to be from Tom's trilogy. The only reason I fight that, and I'm not saying that's not true, not not true, but the only reason I will fight it is because we're seeing three from the Toby. Rhino is technically one of the third from The Amazing Spider- from Andrews. I wouldn't necessarily be surprised because, to be fair, these are not hero. These are not anyone we've seen technically in Tom's ever. So I wouldn't necessarily be surprised because they are technically all new villains to him. But Rhino is a contender just because, to my point, he is in and out the Sinister Sinister Six as well in the comics, and we have now seen him. Like even if it was briefly, so he's a contender. To your point, I don't think it's Vulture. He is sometimes in and out of the Sinister Six as well. Don't really think it is to all of the points you've made. Uh, Who's the other one? Scorpion. Yes. He's not usually included in the Sinister Six, so I'm going to say... And now, don't... don't Marvel's changed things, but so far, the five that we've seen are all Sinister Six villains. So... Can we talk about the elephant in the room? Well, give me one second, because I want to bring up one more possibility, but it won't be. But we are getting the movie for him later, which is, oh my god, what's his name? The Hunter. Craven the Hunter? Yes. He is also in the Sinister Six. We are getting his movie later. When? Wait, I didn't hear about that. Yeah, Aaron Taylor Johnson's been confirmed to play him. You're right, I just forgot. It's so far out. We're getting our man's back. It's so far out, I totally forgot. Yeah, because they did him so dirty, killing Pietro off. So they said, let's bring him back. But we are getting him later. Do I think it's him? Not really. It would kind of, I would probably pee my pants if it was him, (laughs) because that would be a really iconic way to just be like, hey, here's this dude. I think, though, if if I'm going to get a little meta here, while that would be interesting, I think Sony wants to introduce their villains in their anti-heroes 
whatever they choose to call them in their own movies. Like, so obviously, a la Venom, a la Morbius. Yeah. That's my thought. If we had to do it by percentages, I would say there's probably zero, I'm going to say 0% Scorpion, just because he's also not usually in the Sister Six, and that he really hasn't been brought in before. I would give it like a 5% to Vulture. I'd give maybe a 10% to Craven. I would give, uh, I, I think my big two are between Rhino and Mysterio. My only issue with Mysterio is, while I, yes, and he's still alive, and he would be like a shock factor, I feel like a lot of people are also kind of like, well, we just saw him. You know, we haven't fully seen Rhino's, like, we saw his adaptation for like three minutes on screen, not even. Yeah, I guess my thought process, though, to, to argue back to you for Mysterio is I think it's twofold. One, the direct... This movie is a direct result of Mysterio's quote-unquote final act. Yeah. So he told everybody that Peter killed him, told everybody that Spider-Man was Peter. In essence, he connected the multiverse by motivating Peter to get help from Doctor Strange. So all of this wouldn't be possible without Mysterio. That's, I think, a big vote in his favor. Mysterio, I think, just, it's all, it's all a result of him, I think, and also bringing back... Bringing back Jake Gyllenhaal, I think, would be really interesting. He, obviously, people loved his his adaptation, his take on the character. He and Tom had really good chemistry. So I think it could be really interesting to bring him back. And also, in the comics, is it Mysterio from actually from another universe? Yeah. So it could be an interesting way to kind of call back to a little bit more of his comic book counterpart. Do I want to mess with your head a little bit? Oh, for first, okay, before I mess with heads... I am going to point out, I made a slight mistake, Scorpion is sometimes involved in the Sinister Six, just very, very, like, he's not one of the more common ones that is thrown in the mix. We'll call him 1%. Yeah, he he's, I, I should have made that, I should have been more clear, I want to correct that. He's involved, but, like, very rarely do you see him typically involved in the Sinister Six. He has been in adaptations of it in the comics, just not as many as people like Doc Ock or Electro or etc., Quick question. I just was thinking about this. Hobgoblin. Is he ever in it? Mm-hmm. I, I'm going to sound the stupid alarm. Between Green Goblin and Hobgoblin, I just kind of exist. <laughs> like, I know there's a goblin somewhere, and I'm just like, they're one of them, and they're having a good fun time, and that's all. <laughs> like, <laughs> I just, I mean, I, I obviously know more about Green Goblin. He's iconic. He's been done in the, in the movies a few times, and was very prominent in the show that we watched as kids. Yeah. I just know one of them is orange. <laughs> I just know Hobgoblin's orange and Green Goblin is green. <laughs> That's what I thought. I was like, there's different colors and I don't really know what else that means. I doubt we'll see that here, but I, I know what you mean. Oh, yeah, I don't. Yeah. I was just bringing it up because I was thinking about the villains that we used to associate with Spider-Man when we were kids and that one popped into my head as one that we, other than the elephant, which we'll get to, I'm sure, in a few minutes... The elephant in the room, he was one that I think we hadn't brought up yet, or ha- I haven't actually really seen anything about him well, at all. let me mess with your head slightly. I mess with all of you listening's heads slightly. Now, theoretically, we've all been, well, Mysterio's not dead. Okay, okay, fine. But because it's canon that Mysterio's from a different ver- world, universe, multiverse, essentially, what if we do see Mysterio? Just not... Are Mysterio. I would be down. I'd be so into it. I'd be like so... I That's not even messing with my head. That just made me excited. Like, I'm pretty sure my heart rate just exploded. I'm. That would be amazing. And to be fair, this Mysterio 
doesn't actually have any powers. He makes himself look good because of the all the creation and the animation and everything. I mean, is it possible that another dimensions or timelines or whatever you want to call it, Mysterios actually has the real power that Mysterio has? That's totally possible. I mean, think about what everything we learned in What If. Dude, I'm so excited by this. I literally just, my face is like exploding with happiness. <laughs> So that that's what I'm thinking. If we're gonna see Mysterio, like I said, the only reason I say Rhino is because we got hit, we, we we were slightly cheated Rhino, and you know the Amazing Spider-Man two did hint at the Sinister Six. So it's very fitting that if Andrew's here and his here and his villains are coming in, that it would fit. It, it really is because that would have been his third movie anyway. But I would find it very interesting if they brought Rhino in, just because he's a very interesting villain. He just was like thrown in that last little bit and we didn't really see anything much of him so it'd be interesting to finally see an adaptation fully of him he also if i remember correctly it was it was a little odd to me i mean rhino in the at least the show that we watched and i believe in the comics is just like a large man shaped like a rhinoceros but like this one was in a metal tech suit so that i mean that's just trying to figure out how that makes sense. And yeah. Yeah. That's just like its own adaptation. I guess I guess my point is I didn't love that choice. So I wouldn't be upset if he was brought in at a later date differently because I did not love that particular adaptation of the character. But this is why I would lean toward Mysterio is I don't see why exactly they would be hiding the sixth member of the Sinister Six so that much. Was, yes. If it wasn't That Mysterio. was my second point that I forgot about. Yeah. Was why, why, why is it, why not just come clean and say who it is? The only person that it could be is the elephant in the room, Kingpin, who's being hinted at greatly. And I'm not saying he's fighting Tom because I think you and I have both talked at length during the Hawkeye episodes about how he's likely going to be a major player in Tom's college trilogy and I still believe that but he's the only other character to me that's worth hiding because technically he's not here yet like on screen. I just don't think that they would this is a very battle driven fight I just don't see Kingpin being the one in it and I don't think this is a great place to bring him in I think Hawkeye's a great introduction series, but think about this. This is before Hawkeye. Oh, never mind. Yeah, you're right. You're right. I just get so excited because he's here and he's also like that's the secret sixth member, like to me has to be somebody like really important. That's why I think it's Mysterio. But I was like, who else fits that caliber or may not quite be somebody that we've seen before and yet we haven't really seen Wilson Fisk on screen except for his hand and his voice like we haven't fully seen him yet so I was like maybe it's something where Wednesday night they bring that guy on screen and Thursday night we show up in the theater and there he is I'm also gonna stab that a little bit sorry but it's getting shown earlier in the UK so they're not gonna do that I guess I just want them to plan it really. Like, I think you and I have struggled so much with them releasing movies at the same time they're releasing shows. And there's a part of me that's grasping at straws saying there has to be a reason they're doing it this way. How cool would it be if something they show us on a Wednesday night leads directly into what we see on a Thursday, Friday, Saturday, that next weekend? Yeah, but... The only reason I I don't see Marvel trying to do that is unfortunately just because not everyone is able to watch the show right when it comes out or the movie. 
And especially the show, if something, if it reveals something and then you're like, yeah, well, I didn't watch the movie yet or I didn't watch the show yet, but I went to go see the movie and now I'm confused because I didn't see the show. Like I could tell you a ton of people. I mean, I love my roommate because she hasn't even seen Loki yet. You know, like there's people who aren't watching the shows and that's not necessarily because maybe they don't want to, although there are plenty that don't want to. It's just, they're not, which they should not do that um, <laughs> because they're also tying in. No, because they, I mean, at a certain point, you're going to be really lost. Yeah, I mean, if you're not already somewhat lost, that's kind of on you because a lot of these shows have are leading up, especially mar- like Multiverse of Madness. Where were you? Because you just missed all of Wanda's like, I'm back to being a villain, but we love her. I, I mean, you have to have watched Loki to even try to grasp that movie, you know? Yeah, well, that's why... My, I don't see them doing that because, unfortunately, they don't have the people who are necessarily keeping up with the shows or, like I said, are watching things in the consecutive time frame that they are able to tie it directly to it in that way. I could see finishing the show and then the movie comes out a week or two later and then it's like, oh, okay, but I can't see them directly tying it. I did want to bring up a possible other contender, which the only reason I wanted to say this was kind of not possible, but but could be out of left field, would be Harry's version of the Goblin, of the Green Goblin. From Andrew's trilogy? Yeah. That's the only one, because like, or, no one come at me for this, but I'm going to say it, maybe we'll see Venom. But not our Venom. I knew you were going to say that, but there's no way in heck that Topher Grace, who got the kind of flack that he got for that role, is going to reprise it in any sense. I mean, people did not like that at all. Okay, but who says it's him? I, if, I mean, it would ruin the premise if it's not him. Not necessarily. The whole point is to bring in these villains, right? That's the whole... Well, and keep in mind, what at the end of Venom... We see him, like, we finally get confirmation they're in the same thing. Well, are they in the same universe now? Or have they always been? I mean, I, actually, I'm trying to think. Because we're multiple timelines affected, were, were timelines a thing affected by blips and snaps? How does this work? Yeah, I, I guess I'm trying to piece together so he's bl- he does his shaky thing that's his version of blip and snap. Snap and blip in that order, snap and blip. Yeah. But then it's the same day he sees Tom. Yeah. But the multiverse wasn't open for at least a week or two, which we know because of WandaVision. Yeah. So that tells me he's always been a part of our main timeline, but this is just the first confirmation because there would have had to have been a longer time lapse in order for Wanda and Loki and Sylvie to do their thing and then have help from Doctor Strange. You know what I'm saying? Well, not necessarily because the Spider-Man that no way, or no, far from home <laughs> did, um, I hope they fix that for the college ones because I can't do that anymore. <laughs> Happened, what, like June, July? Yeah. And, want, and didn't they say, want, like, we have to go after when WandaVision was and if that was right after the blip, that was like, I guess, springtime. Mm-hmm. So there was a little bit more leeway time before they. It's breaking news about who this kid is, but because also think like he literally was blipped back and then saw him. That's not how the blip works. Like the timeline. That's not how the timeline happens. You're right because it would have been before Peter was outed as Spider Man. Yeah. So 
that doesn't that doesn't add up at all. So what if he was snapped and blipped just accidentally into another <laughs> universe when you know what I mean? Yeah. And then, like, brought directly, like, then he's, like, in this other universe. I mean, he was on a random island, which means he does, like, he was nowhere near what things that he knew. So there's no way to confirm it, because it's not like he went to the convenience store to the sweet old lady that works down there and, like, saw her. There's no confirmation that he's in his normal place. Yeah, that's a good point. I That's confusing. And Venom is straight up saying, as it happens, like, that symbiotes are affected differently by things, that they've lived a long life, like, all this stuff that's going on, and then it happens. So, I'm just saying, if they're keeping things this secretive, it's either they're bringing Mysterio back, for some reason they bring in Rhino, though I think it would not be quite as secretive if it was. Yeah. Yeah. Or, it could be Venom. Wow, that would be, that would be big. That would be big. The only thing is, here's what confuses me about member number six. If members one through five all died at the hands of Spider-Man, what's the deal with member six? Because neither Mysterio nor Venom nor Rhino are dead. Not yet. None of the other ones are either. We just haven't reached that point in Tom's Peter's version that he kills them. Yeah, or, if you really want the argument for Mysterio, technically we all think he's dead. That's true. I mean, yes, that is true. That, I guess that's my argument then against Venom. Uh, well, and then, I mean, with Venom, technically, in in the comics, he is defeated. We just, it's possible, I mean, to be fair, you can't take that with a grain of salt. You kind of have to be like, well, in five years, he could die at the hands of Spider-Man. Well, right, but I guess my thought process is if he's going to be Tom's villain, then it would need to have already been that Tom killed him because it, it's not its not like the others were really stopping in the middle of their movies because this is Tom's movie. Do you know what I'm saying? I get it. I just, I, I don't necessarily look at that in the way of like, well, but I mean, like, it's a point towards Mysterio if you, if that's what you want to, but... I'm just saying Venom because, and I'm not saying for sure Venom. I want to bring it up as a theory running out there. We are Let's Talk Marvel fan theories. No, for sure. Um, I'm not just rebuttaling you. I just, you know. Yeah, I only want to bring that up because, like I said, we've now had the confirmation from Sony. I think that would be kind of interesting if they just kind of threw him in there and were like, hey, anyway, the reason we confirmed this was because. The reason I brought up the whole death thing is it's Amy Pascal, the one of the heads at Sony has come out and said that they are in the planning stages of Venom 3. So I guess my thought process being, okay, if they all are supposed to die, well, that really puts a wrinkle in Venom 3 then, doesn't it? You know? Well, maybe they don't all die. We don't necessarily know we're going to see all six of these villains die. Right. I'm just saying, you know, if you're taking things at face value, which is a risk, you know, (laughs) in terms of correctness, if you're taking things at face value, that kind of makes it, difficult given what we know is still coming down the pipeline for that character right but i think those are the biggest one there was another one i was gonna say i want to say the biggest points at least for the the big parts of the spider-man movie trailer that we've seen because obviously there are smaller aspects of it that you don't necessarily need to get into uh right now because they're definitely there they're just not quite as big of a prominent point at this point for the film i wanted to bring up the Doctor Strange aspect in the sense of when he sits there and says that they're all coming through, but he can't stop it. 
what is kind of my like what does that mean uh steven you know who i think it is i think it's the live action characters from what if oh interesting i was gonna say it's a bunch of different versions of kang no i don't think we're gonna see kang until quantum mania because he's been i mean he's obviously been confirmed but then there's been the i don't know if you've seen online the merch from the production team they it's a it's a picture of the broken Ant-Man helmet, but in the reflection is Kang the Conqueror in all his blue glory. So I just don't know that they're going to bring him in. Yeah, I mean, that's fair. I just thought that that could be a good way to lead him into Quantumania. Uh, I think Loki did a pretty good job doing that. Well, that doesn't necessarily know, mean that we know he's the one who came through or like his other versions. And the only reason I say Kang is because... He made it very clear that he was keeping all the other worst versions of him at bay. And as soon as Sylvie killed him, it was like, well, nice job, because now other the other versions of him are going to come. So I think that would be really interesting. I also, I don't know. I, I think your thought is interesting. I just don't know if they would put in all of that work of what they've already established just to kind of, and like, I'm the biggest advocate of like, I mean, I was the one from the get go saying, what if could have the possible ties into our world and just show other timelines. Listen, the only reason I would straight up say that I want what if, and to tie into this and it to be their characters is if we, we see the visionized version of Ultron. Oh no, I honestly, that, I was genuinely afraid. Those episodes made me afraid. I am like a 20-something-year-old woman, and I was a little scared watching that. I was like, this is concerning. No, I I genuinely, like, that would be my, if you're going to do it, do it all the way. Because you Ultron had so much potential. So that would be my thought. I like the thought of it. I just don't know if Marvel, because that's a little bit of backtracking with certain characters. I also think it's hard because they didn't finish What If properly due to, like, the whole issue of, like, they cut the one episode and that was a whole thing. But they also set up season two. But that also is confusing to me because at a certain point the multiverse is going to close, so what what if has to come to an end? Well, I just kind of was confused because I was like, how are you going to have the multiversal war? And then you're like, but season two? And I'm like, what? <laughs> yeah. Like, you know, ne- um, to be fair, confused. I never really thought they needed to be tied together. I was fine with the premise of just every episode was just a different what could have happened idea. I didn't really need them to be tied together. Personally, that's my opinion. I could have just gone without it. So I'm going to shoot that one down just because of also how that would I, I don't necessarily say, okay. Maybe this is what I, I'm going to choose to say. <laughs> I think that if it's not Kang, it is more characters. Because I think this is how you're going to excuse people such as possibly getting Eric Killmonger back. Which has been an ongoing rumor for, I, I don't even know, forever. I think even before Chadwick's death. Yeah, like f- pretty much since the movie came out, everyone was it was already a rumor. So I think it would excuse that. To my point earlier, with seeing possibly Spider-Gwen and Miles, they could be people who come through. And they're not necessarily people you realize. Which is why I also said maybe Venom comes through. 
you know, these are aspects that you aren't really sure of at this point. Obviously, we see a lot of people coming through because he said, because we see all the the breaks happening. And we also, you know, he's like, they're all coming and I can't stop them. Well, yeah. And it struck me how it looked so much like the scene outside of Kang's window. Yeah. And I was like, oh, my God. <laughs> but it also looked, speaking of Miles and Spider-Gwen, looked very similar to the kind of portal that he goes through. If you guys haven't seen that trailer, which dropped this week, he falls through a portal and she actually comes through one as well. And it kind of has that vibe. And so I'm like, alrighty, so we're definitely moving. I mean, obviously it's called the Spider-Verse or that whole series is called the Spider-Verse franchise. So, I mean, obviously they're moving. There's a lot of different Spider-Men. They're moving through multiverses. But I don't know. It struck me that they're visually starting to mirror one another a little bit. And I'm just wondering if now Marvel and Sony are going to work much more hand-in-hand to tie all of their properties together, which truly just makes me incredibly happy. Yeah, but that's why, to me... I wouldn't necessarily say the what if characters as a whole, but the possibility of characters are endless. I mean, for all we know, Kingpin is coming. Well, no, that wouldn't work. Well, hmm, it could. Kingpin could have been a result of it. Because to be fair, when Clint was Ronin, he wasn't ever aware really of Kingpin. He was just going after all the people in the underground. Like, so. Yeah, I think that's a bit of a stretch, though. That's fair, but I'm just saying we are going to see effects of this for who knows how long. A lot of people who maybe weren't in our universe just kind of showing up because now they are. I mean, I think this could be a gateway to characters that we know are coming. Like, what if it's the X-Men? What if it's the the Fantastic Four? I mean, the possibilities when we say they're endless, they're literally open a comic book, put your finger on the page. That character could be there. You know? Maybe the zombies. It could be variants of Loki. I mean, it could literally be anything. I don't want more Loki variants. I've ha- I've seen enough. <laughs> I'm just saying, you know, it could be anything. Yeah, and, and that's why I, I think it's more of the, we need to be concerned because there's good and bad guys coming through. And to keep in mind, we only really see what? The Green Goblin and Doc Ock. In the first few clips of the, the trailer, we really don't see the other ones. We, we see a little bit of Electro. But, I mean, Sandman we don't really see. And the Lizard we don't see at all until the, the scaffolding. There is that one scene that people are thinking is the Lizard coming out at one point. Like, But I want to quick address the fact that I... Because I, I kind of brought it up earlier. That Doc Ock seems to be a good guy, partially. Yeah, there seems to be some cooperation. It seems to uh, it seems to me because we don't really uh, no correct me if I'm wrong because I did watch the trailer like four times but I do think I might have blacked out during it a couple times I don't really remember him in the scaffolding scene I obviously we see him on the bridge and then we see him unmask Peter and he's like you're not Peter and he's like uh yeah I am and he's like but no you're not so which already confirms so much um But then, you know, we literally see them, like, talking to one another. I mean, Peter makes fun of him for his name. But I don't see him then in the scaffolding battle. So maybe he sits this one out after he realizes he's in the wrong place. 
Or he shows back up when he's like, ah, ha, ha, there's my guy when Toby makes an appearance. And he's like, never mind, I'm back again. So I don't know. Seems kind of interesting that he's kind of just like, oh, okay, we're going to we're going to sit this one out for now because this is like a child. And he's having the Bucky reaction in Civil War where he's like, this is a literal child. So the same way that Cap reacts about Wanda, she's just a kid and then full on shields Peter in the face and then drops a a hanger on him. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, like I said, I think that's interesting. I just need to be brought up. Do I know what it means? No, not at all. I don't even have a full running theory for that. I don't, I don't know. I also just think it needs to be said that, and we've said this a million times with what's come out in phase four. The misdirection is next level. Yeah. This movie is next level. So I'm expecting the misdirection for this movie especially to be like, we're going to tell you our theories until we're blue in the face. Yeah. But there's also a really large part of me that's sitting here and saying, this is what I think. Full on knowing I'm probably really, really wrong. Yeah. Like different, you want to talk about different dimension? We're probably different dimension wrong. Yeah. We're, like, still out here talking about Mephisto. Like, <laughs> that's how wrong we are right now. We're, like, episode seven of WandaVision talking about Mephisto wrong. Yeah. And do I want to be wrong? No. I mean, I would like some of our theories to be right. That'd be great. But at the same time, realistically, I mean, it's going to be so tough to even try to peg with this movie it's about what happens. I mean, it's just next level challenging. Well, I want to provide my final theory and final thought, if you will. Go for it. I've seen this on Twitter. Um, I also had this gut reaction or thought when I watched the trailer. Uh, seeing other people talk about it kind of confirmed my thought. The possibility, and don't interrupt me here. Let me finish my thought before because I know you're going to want to interrupt me as soon as I say it. The possibility of losing Happy in this movie, this is two two things, that, and I've seen people elaborate on, on it as well, so I want to give some other thoughts that I've seen. Essentially, we see Happy sitting in a car. Uh, we do see a car get blown up. We see Peter unable to catch the grenade, and that's how the car gets blown up. A lot of people have been saying because he's dating Aunt May, he's inherently kind of this Peter's version of Uncle Ben. Because, to be fair, his Aunt May is very young. I'm not saying you can't be widowed at a young age, but... <laughs> but also, just quickly, to to just put something out there, there is a show, an animated show, confirmed for Peter's freshman year that I believe will cover the death of Uncle Ben. But even then, it would be interesting. Although, I've also seen people taking the scene in a different way and saying Aunt May dies. Because there is the scene where she's running through the apartment. It's all right in that same area of the trailer. I mean, like, it looks like Happy was sitting outside the building more in the sense of maybe picking her up or something of that nature. And the next thing you know, something goes horribly wrong. I think those are both unfortunately valid theories. And based on what Tom has said about this... I mean, I think the quote is, you know, the characters go through things you'd never want to see them go through. Yeah. I mean, what could be more devastating to this Peter than to lose his aunt? Especially 
now that she knows that he's Spider-Man and she supports him 100%, I just can't even imagine what that would do to him. And I think it falls right in line with some of Thomas' comments about what happens to Peter and the characters in general in this movie. I hate that it's a possibility and I hate that it has merit, but it does. Yeah, well, and that's why I I wanted to bring it up um, because it's something I think a lot of fans have been talking about as a scene from the trailer and it could happen unfortunately i I think you never really know unfortunately with these trailers especially recently they've been very misdirecting and you kind of just gotta go with what you see but it's a thought i want to talk about my final theory slash consideration slash conversation that's been going on around this film and it got even more interesting just yesterday daredevil charlie cox so for those of you who don't know our dear mr kevin feige the man who runs the world of marvel came out i believe it was yesterday and has said that if there is a daredevil in the mcu and when there is a daredevil in the mcu it will in fact be charlie cox i tweeted this and i was like I can't decide if this means he's in the movie or not. Because why would you confirm that this actor is playing the character a week and a half before the movie comes out? Why would you drop a spoiler like that? But also, it's super suspicious that this conversation has been happening for months and a week and a half before the movie, Kevin decides to give us a little nugget. Like, I can't decide if it confirms it or not. I thought the same thing. My only thought is as much as I would like it to be like to have him in the movie, I think it's very weird that Kevin would be essentially giving us a very big spoiler. Yeah. Cause this isn't, this isn't even like, come on, we all thought Toby and Andrew were going to be in it. Like right. this isn't even that level kind of spoiler. Like this would be next level because this is a character no one anticipated being in it except for the speculation of it. I mean, I, that's why I'm like on the fence, but I also just think the timing is so suspicious. Like, yeah, he could have waited. He could have said it three months ago, but he waited until. 11 days before the movie comes out like what is that well because if you're gonna confirm anything just confirm andrew and toby because it's not like we all don't already know yeah like do you really think that's the secret that's not the secret matt murdoch if he's in this movie he's the secret that's yeah that's a big change so yeah no i agree when i saw that news on twitter i was a little thrown off because i was like oh you know this has been speculation but i also was like so why are you kind of partially confirming speculation yeah it just doesn't make sense. Yeah. I mean, I have to think that there's a strategy behind it because Kevin is Kevin and, you know, we wouldn't be where we are without him. But I just or don't honestly, get it. maybe he was just so tired of everyone else spoiling things. He was just like, screw it. I'm going to do it. <laughs> like, yeah. I mean, honestly, fair. I was so nervous to go on Twitter the last few days because the critics got to go do their screening starting on Friday. And yeah. then the... Critics did the Eternals, yep. When they did the Eternals, it was a freaking nightmare. They were dropping all kinds of spoilers. I don't know if it was them or just people who got to go to the press screening, dropping all kinds of spoilers. But, like, why? Because Eternals didn't even need it. Like, not in a bad way, but, like, I didn't need any spoilers from Eternals. Like, I literally was just like, it's a great origin story. Let me go into it. Like, it wasn't anything that I was like... Wow, you made a life-changing thing when you spoiled this for me. Like, yeah. 
So, I mean, I've, I've been nervous. I luckily, other than the music thing, haven't seen a ton of spoilers. I'm going to knock on wood because, you know, there's still 11, well, 10 days until I go see it because I'm seeing it on Thursday night. But definitely thought that was a strange one. Kevin, like, yeah, scooped himself. He spoiled. I just, I was like, that's strange. No, I And agree. I can't decide what that means. But there's a lot of considerations around this movie and a lot of speculation and as much speculation as there is, there's a million time fold more hype. I don't think there's ever been a Marvel movie that has broken Fandango before, so that's a pretty big deal. <laughs> yeah, and it, I mean, as much as we're going, we could sit here probably for another five hours and run through. That's why, like, I think I said it earlier, we were trying to hit some of the biggest points, and I think the scaffolding scene has given us a lot to go off of, and like the bridge scene. Obviously, there's much smaller points throughout the entirety of the trailer. However, there's just so much that we could go on about that, unfortunately, we just simply don't have time for. I hope we've hit most of the big points that you're all thinking about. I know we went a little deep into the depths of who could be the last member of the Sinister Six, but I mean... I think that's an important question. Yeah, and it is because you have a lot... You've seen a lot of the people who usually play a member in the Sinister Six... It's just the question of who's the biggest shock factor that they're keeping them out. So, I don't know. I feel like we've tried our best to hit all the points. I mean, I hope we did. <laughs> yeah, I think, I mean, I know we had everything that I was hoping to touch on today. That Charlie Cox news was, I think, the most breaking and the, the newest. So, I wanted to definitely get that one in, but I'm satisfied. I hope... You listeners are satisfied. If there's anything that you think we missed, please reach out to us. Um, you know where to reach us. And of course, we'll give you a little run through if you don't know where to reach us. But we hope that you are as excited as we are. We have been thinking about this movie for a long, long time, as is, I think, evidenced by our long episode today and all of the many talking points we've got. But as usual, if you guys have been enjoying our show and you haven't yet subscribed, please go ahead and do so on your listening platform of choice. You can also give us a follow on our blog where we have lots of extra content. I'm sure there's going to be theories that as soon as we hang up this call, we forgot about that Kate's going to go in and add to our blog. So there's a little bit of extra context on there for you guys. And also, don't forget, we do have a profile on Spotify with playlists with songs from the movies and also our episodes organized by show or movie so that you guys if you've missed anything relating to Hawkeye or anything like that you can go in there and find everything related to the movies or a specific series if you're looking to catch up. Yeah and as usual I know we kind of mentioned a couple times here we have our Twitter which is Let's Talk MFT very active on it especially as shows are coming out and movies we always do try to put theories up there as well, because like I said earlier, we are Let's Talk Marvel fan theories. So we do try to put some theories up there. Some we've covered in the blog, or not the blog, well, maybe the blog, um, but some we've also covered in the podcast. So definitely make sure to go give that a follow. And we also share a lot of Marvel news. So if you didn't know about the Matt Murdock thing, you would have known if you were following our Twitter. So we share what we know. We give everyone all the knowledge between retweets and everything else. So definitely follow that. Interact with us. Send us your own theories. Do everything you want to do. And honestly, I know I say this every week, especially lately. I have to say it. 
we've got so much content between Hawkeye and now we've got Spider-Man, which is probably, like, one of the biggest movies ever. Like, not even in the MCU, just, like, ever. So make sure you're keeping up with all the content, because I think I can say, especially with Spider-Man, Marvel just blew your mind, so let's talk about it. 